0: Everybody open up to Psalm 119. If you know anything about Psalm 119, you might have just gotten a little nervous. If you don't know anything about Psalm 119, I'll clue you into the joke. Uh, Psalm 119 is the longest psalm in the Bible. Um, It's also the longest chapter in the Bible. It has 176 verses, uh, but I can assure you we're not going to go in-depth into each of them uh, tonight, so you don't have to be, you don't have to be nervous. The the people in the nursery have already have already told me. Make make sure we don't go over. So, um, <clears throat> but Psalm, Psalm one nineteen is a a really really interesting Psalm. If you were here on a Wednesday night back a few weeks ago, uh, Pastor Josh talked about it some down when we had church downstairs, or it was a Sunday night, but we had church downstairs while the kids were practicing rehearsing for their. Uh, Christmas program up here, um, but so Psalm Psalm one nineteen is the longest psalm in the Bible, the longest chapter in the Bible. Um, it's longer than some books of the Bible actually. Um, it has one hundred and seventy six verses, um, and 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 the way that it gets that many verses is because it's an acrostic. So Psalm one nineteen is an acrostic psalm, an acrostic poem, um, and a, an acrostic is where you take uh, letters that. I don't know the difference in an acronym, an acrostic, and one of them spells a the word and one doesn't, and I don't know the difference, but basically it's where you take letters and each sentence begins with that letter, okay? And so the Psalm 119 is, is interesting because it's an acrostic based on the Hebrew alphabet. So if you see in your Bible, on, even on some of the uh, stanzas, you might have headings there, um, like right, right above verse 1, you might have a heading that says Aleph or has a, has a little symbol that looks kind of like a squiggly X. Um, and that's Aleph is the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So if we looked at Psalm 119 in the original Hebrew that it was written in, then each of the lines, each of those verses, 1 through 8, um, each of the first words of those verses would start with the Hebrew letter Aleph. And then verse 9 starts the next section, and you may see um, a little symbol there that looks like sort of like a backwards C kind of, um, where it might have the word uh, baith or bait, and that's the second letter of the Hebrew Bible or the Hebrew alphabet. So every verse in that section begins with the Hebrew, the Hebrew letter B, the Hebrew letter Beit. And it goes all the way through. There's 22 uh, letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And so each stanza has eight verses, and there's 22 letters, 22 stanzas, and so we get to 176 um, verses. And the theme of, of Psalm 119 is the Word of God. And so that's kind of interesting too, isn't it? That we have a psalm in the Bible, a poem in the Bible that's all about the Bible. right? God revealed himself to us, revealed his word to us, and we have that in the, in the Bible and God even revealed to us what he thinks about Him, his own word, what he thinks about his own writings, what he thinks about the scriptures in uh, this is not the only place, but this is one of the most in-depth places um, in Psalm 119. It's all about um, the Word of God. It's all about the Bible. In fact, there's only five verses in the whole psalm um, that that don't include some direct reference to the Word of God. Uh, verses 84, verse 90, verse 121, verse 122, and, we're, and, and verse 130. Those five verses don't have direct references to the Word there, do they have indirect references to the Word, but not directly, and those are the only five verses in the whole 176 verses that don't directly mention or reference um, the Word of God, and so we want to talk tonight or I want to talk tonight uh, about uh, about god 's word and this is kind of Josh has already kind of mentioned it, but this is the beginning of a new year, and often times during a new year uh, people do try to start reading uh, the whole Bible or the whole New Testament or a part of the Bible or or s- some kind of bible reading plan and and often as we 've already joked about, often we start that off really really well on January first and then by January fifteenth or so halfway through the month we're we're behind and we keep saying we're going to catch up, and then we get further behind and and by the time we get to February March when we're in Leviticus then there's there's no catching up right and so I want to take a little bit of pressure off tonight, saying that you don't have to do that this new year. you don't have to do a Bible reading plan if you want to, that's really good. Um, but there are other ways to study God's word also. Um, and so I want to look at uh, at these verses, these hundred and seventy six verses and I want to pick out five themes that kind of weave themselves through the whole psalm um, and, and five ways that we understand the Word, five ways that we read the Bible, uh, five things that, that help us as we're reading the Word, okay? And, and they kind of build on each other. They kind of build on each other. So, so first of all, we want to, um, we want to learn God's Word. And we want to be instructed by God's Word. We want to learn God's Word. We want to be instructed in God's Word and and by God's Word. And then secondly, we want to understand God's Word. We want to understand God's Word. Um, Thirdly, we want to meditate on God's Word. Fourthly, we want to treasure uh, God's Word or delight in God's Word. And then finally, number five, we want to keep God's Word. We're going to go back and look at each one of those um, individually a little bit more in depth, but we want to learn or be instructed in God's Word, understand His Word, meditate on His Word, treasure His Word, delight in His Word, And then we want to keep his word. Okay? And and often in Psalm 119, the psalmist is telling us these things but often the way the psalmist tells us these things is by praying to God that God would do these things. Right? We want to understand God's word and and all throughout Psalm 119 there are references to the psalmist praying that God would help him to understand his word. And we're we're going to look at some of those. okay? But the first thing we want to do is we want to, to learn his word or be instructed by uh, or, or be instructed in God's Word. We want to n- just simply know what it says. And, and, and if, if you use a Bible reading plan, this is kind of what those Bible reading plans are, are are good at, are good for. We want to, to know what, what the Bible says. And unfortunately, often, I shouldn't say often, but unfortunately, sometimes uh, believers, you know, we say that we're believers, we say that we're people who believe the Bible, we say that we, um, you know, believe the Bible is God's Word, and, and yet, some of us may not know the word that well. Some of us may not have have read the Bible that that well. Um, sometimes there are people who don't believe that know the Bible better than uh, some people who who do believe. And so, we want to learn what the word says and, and be instructed in in what the word says. There's um, there's a guy named uh, Don Whitney. You may know that name. He teaches at the seminary here here in Louisville, the Baptist Seminary, um, and he's written uh, some books on um, spiritual disciplines. Some of y'all may be aware of some of those books he's written, um, but when he talks about the, the discipline of the Word, he talks about different ways um, of, of, of knowing the Word or different ways of interacting with God's Word, um, and when he talks about this one, about learning or being instructed in God's Word, just kind of knowing what the Bible says, he, he, he talks about this one as like you're, um, you know, sometimes we'll see on the news when there's a, a, a flooding or a hurricane or something like that where there's lots of damage, the president um, or other political leaders will, will do like a flyover so they can kind of get a big picture view of, of all the damage, right? And that, that's kind of what, what reading the Bible, knowing the Bible, come, coming into and uh, in being instructed in God's Word, this is kind of what I'm talking about, kind of getting a, a flyover um, understanding of, of what, the, what the Word says, okay? Let's look at a few passages or a few verses in Psalm 119 where, uh, where we see this. Look at verse 7. In verse 7, uh, the psalmist says, I will praise you with a sincere heart when I learn your righteous judgments. And so he wants to learn the righteous judgments, learn God's word, and then the result will be that he will praise him. Verse 12, he says, Lord, may, may you be praised. Teach me your statutes. So he's praying that God would teach him his statutes. Verse 26, I told you about my life and you listened to me. Teach me your statutes. Again, he's asking the Lord to, to teach him. Um, verse 29 says, keep me from the way of deceit and graciously give me your instruction. Again, he's asking God to give him his instruction. Um, Let's skip over to verse 68. There's some in between there. We're not going to read them all, but look at 68. 68 says, you are good and you do what is good. Teach me your statutes. Again, asking the Lord to teach him um, what his word says. Look at verse 102. Verse 102 says, I have not uh, I have not turned from your judgments, for you uh, for you yourself have instructed me. And so the psalmist is saying that God himself has instructed him, has taught him what his desires are, what his uh, statutes are, what his word um, says. Um, skip all the way toward the end to verse 174. He says, I long for your salvation, Lord, and your instruction is my delight. So again, he's talking about the Lord instructing him or teaching him in, in his word. Okay, and there's, there's lots of other verses. Um, if you're taking notes and, and you want to read these later, I'll, I'll read them out to you uh, quickly so that you can look them up maybe later on um, tonight or later on this week. So under learning or, or being instructed in God's word, we have verse 7, verse 12, 26, 29, 33, 61, 64. I feel like I'm calling bingo numbers. 68, 71, 92, 102, 108, 109, 113, 124, 135, 142, 150, 152, 153, 163, 165, and 174. I'm not sure that anybody was taking notes, so maybe I won't do that for the next points. <laughs> but, there's, but there's a lot of verses that talk about being instructed in the Word of God. There's lots of verses that talk about um, learning what the Bible says. And we should, as believers, we should work over the course of our lives to have a general understanding, a general knowledge of what the Bible says, right? And that takes time. Someone that's a new believer, Katie just got baptized this morning, we shouldn't expect her to know everything the Bible says, right? Someone who's um, a a new believer who um, hasn't hasn't been saved for that long, we shouldn't expect them to know every single thing that's in the Bible. Even someone that's been a believer for a long time, we may not expect them to know every single thing in, in the Bible, but we should have a... General working understanding of what what the Bible says, we should kind of have a general understanding of what the each book is about. We should know the Ten Commandments are in uh, in the Old Testament, not the New Testament, right We should know that Abraham is in in Genesis, and we should know that Jesus is in the Gospels and and that the church is talked about in the in, in the epistles in the New Testament, the letters and, and in the book of acts and um, and we should have this kind of general understanding of of how the Bible works and we should we should work toward that, and the way that we work toward that is by reading big sections, right, by reading all the way through in a year, or maybe trying to read all the way through in five years, or maybe I'm going to read through the first five books, the books of Moses this year, or I'm going to read through the New Testament this year, or making goals like that so that we, over time, we come to a place to where we are familiar with what God has said in his word. But we don't just want to know kind of generally what it says, we also want to understand God's word. And secondly, Psalm 119 talks about us understanding God's word. And so if we go back to the analogy of a uh, of a disaster area and we're doing the flyover um, to to learn it to be instructed in God's word, we're doing this flyover um, to understand God's word would be more like um, if it's a flood flooded area it'd be more like getting in a boat and kind of surveying the area in a boat it's a little bit more up close and so you can uh, kind of get the get the uh, particulars of of what's going on um, and you're and you're closer to 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 what's happening right and and this is this is what I mean by understanding. God's word Not just knowing what, what the Bible says, but understanding why it's important, understanding um, what it means. We talked in Sunday school this morning about how there's some people in the world who, uh, there, there's one guy that, that, that came up in particular, but there's some people in the world who have, have degrees and master's degrees and, and doctoral degrees, PhDs and things like that, that know the Bible very, very, very well. Um, even, even they teach the Bible. They know the Bible in the original languages. They can pick up a, a Hebrew Old Testament or a Greek New Testament and, and just read it. Um, they teach classes on what the Bible says, and they give lectures on what the Bible says, and they read, they they uh, write books about the Bible, but they don't believe the Bible. There are people like that that teach in in, in schools all around the country, right? U of L has Bible classes. I don't know if the t- people that teach that class are believers or not. I have no idea. But I know they offer those classes, and some of those people that teach those classes may not be believers. The, the name that came up this morning was a guy that had some notoriety, some fame a few years ago. His name was Bart Ehrman, and he teaches, I think, at the University of North Carolina. And he goes around the country, and he writes books and, and gives lectures about, about the Bible, and, um, but, and he knows it really, really well. He would probably, probably know it more than or, or better than, than, than some of us, most of us do. But he doesn't believe it. He doesn't understand it. He knows it, but he doesn't understand the significance of it. He knows the Sermon on the Mount that Josh preached about this morning, but he doesn't understand the significance of Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. And so we don't only want to know it, but we also want to understand it. We want to uh, see how it fits together and how, how some things that Jesus says maybe are quotations from uh, some other places and, and maybe some things in the Old Testament come true in the New Testament and, and we make those kind of connections and we see the significance of what is being said, right? We read the Ten Commandments and so we know what the Ten Commandments say, but do we understand them, right? There's some people in the world that read the Ten Commandments and think if if God's going to accept us then we have to obey all ten of these commandments perfectly. And if we don't do that then God's not going to accept us. But if we understand the Bible then we understand that that's not really true. What's true is the, the Ten Commandments are the standard but none of us can, can, can reach that standard. None of us can measure up to that standard. So if that's the, if that's the test, if that's the standard, then none of us are pleasing to God, and that's, that's what the Bible says is true, actually. But the good news that we read in the New Testament is that Jesus came, took on humanity, become a person, became a man like us, and Jesus did obey the Ten Commandments perfectly, and he obeyed all the other commandments perfectly. And he did that for us as our representative, as our uh, power of eternity, you might say, the one who did that for us. And because of that, now we can be acceptable to God, not because we ha- have obeyed those rules and, and, and measured up, but because we're trusting in Jesus, and he's done those things for us. Right? That's the difference in just knowing what the Ten Commandments say and understanding the significance of the Ten Commandments, understanding the purpose of the Ten Commandments, understanding how the Ten Commandments fit within the rest of the Bible. And so we want to not just know what the Bible says, but we also want to understand what the Bible says. Look at, look at verse 18. Verse 18, the psalmist writes, he says, open my eyes so that I may contemplate wonderful things from your instruction. So he has the instruction already, right? God's already instructed him in, in, in what his statutes are, what his, what, his, what his word is. And yet he's still crying out, open my eyes that I might contemplate wonderful things. Look at verse 27. He says, help me to understand the meaning of your precepts so that I can meditate on your wonders. I don't want to just want to know what they say, but help me understand the meaning of them. Verse 32, I pursue the way of your commands, for you broaden my understanding. Again, he knows the commands already, and as he pursues them, the Lord broadens his understanding of them, right? And so as we're reading the Bible, we want to know what it says. We also want to understand the significance of it. And, and the main way that that happens is by, by reading it, multiple times, reading it over and over and over, by praying as we're reading it, by praying that the Holy Spirit will open our eyes, that the Holy Spirit will um, will um, illuminate us, help us to understand what's there, help us to see what's there. The Holy Spirit will remove the um, the effects of sin and and, and, uh, and us being tired and all the other things that, that go on when we're trying to read the Bible. Um, and, and another helpful thing to help us understand God's Word is reading it together, studying it together in a community of believers like this, a church as I'm reading the Bible and you're reading the Bible, we're reading the same passages you come with your background and your uh, understanding and I come with my background and my understanding that may be different I grew up in a rural area in Tennessee some of you grew up in in the city of Louisville here in Kentucky and so when we read the Bible we have some different backgrounds some different perspectives going on and so there may be some things that, that you read and because of your background, because of your perspective you have a hard time understanding that but because of my background, my perspective, I have some insight in that. And the Holy Spirit is is using that to give me that insight. And so I can help you to understand some parts of it. And maybe there's some parts that I don't understand as well. And and you can help me to understand those parts, right? As we're as we're reading it together, and the Holy Spirit's working in me and working in you and working in you and working in you, and He's working in all of us together, that we help one another to understand better. So we want to learn what it says, come to come to know what it says. We also want to understand what it means. And then thirdly, we want to meditate on God's Word. We want to meditate on God's Word. We see this in verse 15, where he says, I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. In verse 23, he says, though princes sit together speaking against me, your servant will think about your statutes. Think on them or meditate on them. Um, verse 97, we can skip, skip some and go to Verse 97. He says, "How I love your instruction, it is my meditation all the day now when we talk about meditation as Christians as believers, we mean something a little different than what um, the like Eastern religions mean by meditation right in Eastern religions and Eastern uh, traditions, meditation is you want to empty yourself empty em- empty your mind, and that 's why they have the mantras that they say or the uh, you know, they say om and, and those kind of syllables, just one syllable to focus on, um, and they just say it over and with, you know, stretch it out as long as they can to try to get everything out of their mind to empty themselves so they can become one with the everything, one with the universe. As believers, that's not how meditation works. That's not we, what we mean by meditation. It's not what the Bible means by meditation. When the Bible talks about meditation, it means we, we don't want to empty our minds, we want to fill our minds, we want to fill our minds with the Word of God. And we want to meditate on His words, to think on His word, to um, kind of like a this is kind of gross, but kind of like a cow. You know, some animals will will eat and they eat and swallow and that's it, right? But other animals, like cows and, and some others, have uh, multiple stomachs and multiple ways of of uh, or a longer process in digesting their food, and so they'll chew the chew the cud, it's called, right? And they'll keep chewing on it and chewing on it and chewing on it. And then they'll swallow it, and then they'll chew on it some more later on, right? And that's how we want to be with God's word, meditating on it. Um, and if we go back to the analogy of like a disaster area, and the flooding, the the understand or the uh, yeah the the instruction, the the learning, the knowing is like the airplane view, getting a, getting an aerial view of kind of the the big picture. The um, the understanding of God's word is getting in a boat and kind of getting the the layout of the land and getting the, the specifics of it. Meditating on God's word will be similar to jumping out of the boat into the water so that now you're in it and it's getting in you. It's all in your hair and it's in your nose and maybe it gets in your mouth some and it gets in your ears and it's all, you're you're saturated with the the water. And that's kind of how meditation is. We want to become saturated with God's word. And then there's some, there, there are two results that the psalmist here tells us. The first one is that as we come to know God's Word, as we come to understand how God's Word fits together and, and the overall uh, meaning of God's Word as different parts of it relate to one another, and as we come to meditate on God's Word and, and, and get it in us and get us in it, then one of the things that happens is we begin to delight in God's Word. We begin to treasure God's Word. Right? If we think about treasuring something, what it means to treasure something is to value something. We begin to value God's word, and we begin to delight in God's word. Listen to what the psalmist says. And I think I didn't count up, count them up, but just looking at the paper here, of of all the verses, you know, I wrote out, I went through the whole Psalm 119 and and used these five categories and wrote down all the verses that that, that had something to do with these categories. And, and the one where the, where the psalmist talks about delighting in God's word or treasuring God's word up is the, is the longest. There's more verses in 119 talking about delighting in God's word and treasuring God's word than there is talking about meditation, talking about understanding, talking about instruction, or, or talking about keeping God's word that we'll get to in a minute. But listen to some of these. Look at, look at verse 11. In verse 11 he says, I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. I've treasured your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And this is what we're going to get to next, the not sinning against you part. But he says, I've treasured your word up in my heart. I valued it. It means something to me. Look at verse 14. I rejoice in the way revealed by your decrees as much as in all riches. Not only does he value it, but he rejoices in it. It brings him, it brings him joy. Um, look at verse 16, right down the page. I will delight in your statues. I will not forget your word. Uh, verse 24, your decrees are my delight and my counselors. Verse uh, 47, I delight in your commandments, which I love. Verse, uh, verse 48, I will lift up my hands to your commands, which I love, and will meditate on your statutes. He's lifting up his hands. What, what imagery does that bring to mind but but worshiping, right? We lift up our hands when we sing to the Lord. We wish, lift up our hands as we worship God. And he's lifting up his hands. The, the, the His delight in the word, his rejoicing in the word causes him to worship the Lord who has given the word. Look at verse uh, 70. Verse 70 says um, their hearts are hard and insensitive, but I delight in your instruction. He's comparing himself with those who, who don't believe. Verse 77 says may your compassion come to me so that I may live, for your instruction is my delight. Again, he's he's delighting in it, and I could go on and on and on. There's there's several verses in chapter one nineteen that talk about rejoicing in or delighting in the word of God. There's one that even talks about singing the word, and and so it's that he's delighting and rejoicing in it so much that it causes him to to, to sing out the words that that God has given. And we do that on Sunday morning as we worship. We did that just a few minutes ago as we're as we're singing um, songs based on the word that God has given to us. So we come to know it, we come to understand it better, we meditate on it, it gets in us and becomes part of us and, and, and we know it and we begin to rejoice in it. We begin to love it, we begin to delight in it. We begin to treasure it up in our hearts and treasure it up among one another. And then the fifth thing that we do with God's word is we seek to keep God's word. We're not going to do this perfectly, but we seek to keep God's Word. If we treasure what God's Word says, if we know what it says and we understand what it says and we meditate on it, and so the values of God's Word become our values and the things that the Word thinks is important becomes what we think is important and the things that the Word uh, thinks is good becomes what we think is good. I shouldn't say what the Word thinks, but what God thinks through His Word is good. Then we become to think those same things are good. As we're reading God's Word, we come to see what God uh, thinks is, is, is bad or negative, then we become to to think those things are bad or negative. Our values, our our thoughts begin to match God's thoughts. Then we begin to want to do what the statutes say. If we value them and treasure them up, we we know they're we know how valuable they are, and so then we seek to follow them. Look at verse nine. In verse nine, he says, "It is better to take refuge in the Lord." I'm sorry, that's verse that's the other Psalm one eighteen. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your word. By keeping your word. Verse 17 says, deal generously with your servants, so that I might live, then I will keep your word. Verse 22, "Uh, take insult and contempt away from me, for I have kept your decrees. Verse 33 and 34, teach me, Lord, the meaning of your statutes, and I will always keep them. Here, here we have three together, right? You, he, he's asking the Lord to teach him what the statutes say, but not only that, but also to teach him the meaning of them so that he would understand them, and then the result is that he will keep them. Verse 34 says, help me understand your instruction, and I will obey it and follow it with all my heart. Again, there we have, we have four of them, right? He's help, help me to understand your instruction, so we have instruction and understanding, and I will obey it and then I will follow it with all of my heart, which leans toward uh, treasuring it in the heart and, and um, delighting in, in God's Word. So there's these passages that talk about keeping God's Word as a result of um, studying it or, or knowing it, understanding it, meditating on it, and treasuring it, delighting in it, and then the result is that we want to follow it, we want to do it. In the passage we read earlier tonight for the um, for the call to worship came from, from 2 Timothy, and, and you all may be familiar with that passage. I'm not going to read it again. Um, but there Paul's talking about the Word, right? And he tells us to remember what we've been taught and remember what we've believed and how it's had an effect on us. He talks about how the Word is is inspired by God, it's breathed out by God, and he's talked about the things that it does. It's, it's useful for teaching and for rebuking and these different things. And then the last phrase that's kind of the main point of the whole passage is what it's useful for is so that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. And so I want to encourage you, if you're, read, if you're doing a Bible reading plan through the year, awesome, that's great. If you're not doing a Bible reading through, plan through the year, that, that's okay too. There are other ways to get the Word into your life. But if you are get, using a Bible reading plan, then, then that's great. Use that to, to learn what the Bible says, but also be seeking not just to know it, but to understand it don't don't be seeking just to to read through it and and get through the check off the thing for the day so that so that you can get to the next section but but think through it under come to an understanding of it maybe maybe if you're reading to a to a bible reading plan um throughout the year maybe maybe as you're going through each week, choose a, a specific passage and and kind of read that a, a few times and 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 ask God to reveal to you. Um How that fits with with the gospel and what that actually means and and maybe maybe pick a verse or a a, a phrase and, and meditate on that for uh, for the week, or maybe maybe as you're reading through this week, pick something and, and then spend all next week kind of meditating on that as you're reading through next week's and then pick something from next week to go and, and meditate on the next week as you're reading through that week's readings. but we want to know what the Bible says, we also want to understand it how it fits together with everything else, the significance of it. We want to meditate on it so that it becomes part of who we are, and then we want to treasure it and delight in God's Word, and then the result is that we would keep God's Word. And so I'm I'm asking, what are we delighting in? Are we delighting in God's Word? Or are we delighting in, in other things? If we're not delighting in God's Word, it may be because we don't know it. It may be because we know it, but we don't really understand the significance of it. It may be that we haven't meditated on it enough for it to become part of us, that, that we delight in it and and love it and, and treasure it up in our hearts that lead to obedience. In 2020, let's seek not just to read through a, a plan and, and kind of fulfill the, the check marks and and those kind of things, but let's seek to interact with God's Word and pray that the Holy Spirit would, would work in our hearts through His Word and in our church through His Word as well. That we commit ourselves to it, commit ourselves to reading it, knowing it, understanding it, meditating on it, delighting in it. And then, and then keeping it. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much tonight for uh, a good Sunday. God, we thank you for uh, baptism this morning. God, we thank you for what you're doing in Katie's life. We thank you for the Lord's Supper this morning reminding us of what you have, have done for us and, and reminding us that, that you are coming back for us. <coughs> and God, we thank you that you've given us your word. We thank you that you've revealed yourself to us in it and, and, and that we can know you the, the, that we can know you through it, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will be working in me and, and in all of us here in our church this this new year twenty twenty that we might come at the end of this year and think and, and look back over the over the the previous twelve months and think, man, this was a year that God used to really grow me in his word. I know it better than I did before. I understand parts of it better than I did before i've meditated on it so that i've am even kind of memorizing it and even without even trying and and, and I and I know it, and it's, it's kind of become part of me. And and then you, we can even look at our lives and, and see that we've delighted in it, and we've even put it into practice in, in, in our own lives and in the life of our church. God, I pray that you would do that work in us. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that we can trust you to do the work in us, that we don't have to measure up to your standard, but Jesus has done that for us. And I pray that you would transform us through his blood. It's in his name we pray, amen.